This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hello, and welcome to the Thursday episode. It is a solo episode, and today I'm talking about traveling solo with a child or children because a couple weekends ago, I randomly decided out of nowhere to just pack up the car and leave with Milo to go up north and visit family. And when I think about things like that too much, I think I decide to not go. So I quickly did it so that we were out of the house and I didn't have time to change my mind. Which, you know, deciding quickly like that and in the spur of the moment and rushing to pack and just get out of the house adds an extra layer of stress after you've already left because then the whole time I was like, oh my God, do I have everything? And because it's like stores had just opened uh, in Ontario. So usually when we travel, I'm like, okay, big deal if as long as we have like medication or like any prescriptions and our passports you know if we're leaving the country i'm always like if we forgot something we can just buy it wherever we are like you know whether it's like shoes or sandals or bathing suits underwear whatever but because stores had just opened lineups were massive at um like walmart or any store where we could get a bunch of stuff So I was a little bit more nervous. Also, my parents' property is in the middle of nowhere, so we would have to drive literally almost an hour to get to a store if we had to go buy something. So because we rushed to pack and all those things, I was like, oh my God, I hope I have everything that I need. But I'm usually a pretty good packer. You can ask my family every time we go on a trip, everyone's always asking me to borrow this, borrow that because I overpack. So I have everything. And this is how my purse is as well. My purse has everything in it, like a mini pharmacy, wipes, whatever you need, any kind of lip chap, different colors of lipsticks, tampons, like you name it. I have everything all the time. And I specifically remember traveling to New York. I was doing training for reflective functioning. Ooh, so cool. And so we made a trip out of it and me, my mom, my mamere and my sister went to New York for like a week. And everyone kept asking me the whole time, can I borrow this? Like, do you have eye makeup remover? Do you have this? Do you have that? And when I travel, I literally am like thinking about every single thing that I use every single day. And I bring all of it, like eye cream, face oil, whatever it is. And that's, I'm the same way with Milo. I want to make sure that we have everything. So I remember in New York, I eventually freaked out and I was like, oh my God, don't you guys bring your own shit? And so now everyone makes fun of me all the time. And whenever we go places, people are like, don't worry, Renee, I brought my own shit. And I'm like, good, like learn how to pack for yourself. Jesus. So anyways, moving on to traveling with kids and not grown adults that don't bring their own shit. Um, 
We had a four-hour car ride, and we go from Toronto to North Bay, and then my parents' property is, I think it's more north than North Bay, or maybe it's east. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, it's four hours, and the drive, like there's not many places to stop, so that is also a little bit of a concern. Also, Milo is now potty trained, so I was really nervous about him having to go to the bathroom in the car. We, I think we put a pull up on him for the car ride just in case, just for like peace of mind. Um, But yeah, and then again, even though there are places to stop on the way, like there's Huntsville, like little towns here and there. Because stores just opened, it's not like we'd be able to go into a store. We would have to stop at like a Tim Hortons or a McDonald's, which is fine. We ended up doing that on the way home. But the car ride was four hours, okay? Sometimes I get nervous just driving him to daycare, which is a 25-minute drive because I'm like, oh God, like what's going to happen, you know? You feel powerless because you can't like you're driving on a highway, you can't address whatever's going on in the back. And if they have meltdowns, the worst is when Milo tries to get out of his car seat and he's like pulling on the straps and like crying and his face is going all red. Like that kills me. So I was concerned, but what we did for the car ride was he wore a pull-up just in case. And because I didn't know if he was at the point where he would be able to tell me that he had to go pee. And then even then I was like, he's probably going to tell me like the split second that he has to go and I'm not going to be able to stop on time because you're on a highway. Like you have to merge off, like go find a place, get out of the car. So that was concerning to me. Um, But the pull up was a little bit of a peace of mind thing. Um, we charged both tablets. We have an Amazon Fire and we have an iPad that we have his shows on. So those were fully charged, ready to go. I also had a cooler of snacks on the front seat so that I could easily grab them and hand them to him. And to my surprise, the car ride there was, there was zero issues. I was shocked. I was expecting, like mentally, I was preparing myself for him to have like meltdowns. And I was like, Renee, you just need to get through these four hours, drive safely, focus on driving. And, you know, if he's having a hard time in the back, whatever, maybe you guys stop for a little bit, just get through the four hours. And I was expecting, you know, if he's whining, what's the worst that can happen? He's going to cry and be upset and that's okay. Like you just need to drive safely. So there ended up not being any issue. And I remember once we were, it's probably over halfway there. We were in Huntsville. I was looking at, cause I had already previously asked my sister about the exits in Huntsville and where would be best to stop. And so they were telling me, and then one of the exits I noticed had a Walmart and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like we can go in the Walmart, walk around a little bit, like stretch our legs. He can go pee. They probably have a McDonald's inside. We can get lunch. And I was going to let him pick a toy. And at the same time, we had left his sandals at daycare that Friday. So he didn't have any sandals, which was bothering me. Turns out we didn't really need sandals, but So I was like, great, Walmart, we can pick up sandals as well. So as I'm pulling off the highway and like 
taking the like merging off the highway. I see the Walmart. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Um, I'm hyping Milo up to get out of the car. I'm like, okay, honey, you ready to go to the store? We're going to walk around. You're going to pick out a toy. What kind of toy do you want? Do you want to get PJ masks? Like, I'm all excited, like pumping them up. I'm like, we're going to go pee-pee, get McDonald's. So I finally pull into the parking lot of the Walmart. There's a freaking lineup. Like, a football field length. I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. So I'm like, okay, never mind. Like, oh, no, like trying to like, you know, tell him that we're not stopping now. Thankfully, he didn't really put up a fuss or like he was fine. I was like, oh, no, we're going to keep driving and then we'll stop later. And he just kind of forgot about it. But I was fuming. I was so mad and I was like fucking COVID like oh my god like ruins everything like this is so stupid so we didn't stop at Walmart and I was like I had to pee at this point but I'm a professional pee holder so I was like I'm just gonna keep driving and maybe we can make it to North Bay my sister lives in North Bay we'll stop at her house to go pee so he hadn't mentioned anything about going pee so I was like I'm just gonna try and get to North Bay so we keep driving and then Right as we're about to come upon like another exit, my, an, an exit to nothing, you know, it's not like it was an exit in Huntsville. It was on the outskirts. So it was just like to farm roads, basically. Milo's like, I have to pee. I have to pee. He starts telling me he has to pee. And so I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I just automatically take the exit and pull over on the side of the road and I'm like you want to pee outside and he's like yeah yeah like standing up standing up so I'm like okay perfect so I take him out of the car and I'm panicking that he's not going to be able like he's not going to want to get back in the car seat because he's been in the car now for a while and so I'm like fuck like what am I going to do Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner... I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. 
If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. So I take him out. We're on the side of the road. There's nothing around and pull him out of his car seat, stand him up, take his pants down. And he pees like totally fine on the side of the road, like right away, just starts peeing. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so I pull his pants back up and I instantly just grab him and put him back in his car seat and do up the buckles. And like he didn't have any like I think he was like, you know, excited about peeing on the side of the road like I think he was distracted so we'll get him back in his car seat and I'm like oh fuck like seeing him pee made me have to pee even more but I was like what am I gonna do so get back on the road make it to North Bay he I go pee at my sister's house and then we head 
to the property, which is like 45 minutes from my sister's house. And in Sturgeon Falls, we stopped and got uh, A&W. And I got him some Timbits at Tim Hortons as like a treat. And we drove the 45 minutes to the property. And he, like we had zero issues. I was in shock. Now, on the way back, this was also pretty uneventful and he napped for quite a while probably like an hour and a half of the drive and then on the way home we stopped in Aurelia went into a McDonald's ordered our food like he went pee on the big toilet uh, at McDonald's I just had to like hold him up on the seat it was amazing and I realized that like we or me anyways I'm always expecting the worst and I like make a bigger deal than things are I don't know it's weird but when you've been in really brutal situations with your child with whether it's like an infant or a toddler or a young kid you start to worry that that's gonna happen every time you leave the house like I remember When he was an infant, I would worry, you know, even just going to chapters or going to a store that he was going to have like this major meltdown because it happened like once. And really, it doesn't happen often. But when it happens that one time, now you're paranoid that it's going to happen all the time. And so it just creates like this anxiety in you for some reason. But then I guess when things go well, it's like a pleasant surprise and you're like, oh, great. And at least we're preparing for the shit shows. So that was my experience with the car rides. I will say that once we were at the property, I had a ton of help because I know a lot of people messaged me on Instagram and they were like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like you went there without your husband, like nobody, like you just went there alone. But like I had my dad, I had my grandpa, I had my mamere, I had my mom, like it was you know, I had lots of people there helping me that are like super hands-on and helpful and supportive. So that part was pretty easy. The days were amazing. Milo was in such a good mood. He was so excited to see all the different things like go swimming, drive a tractor, go on a boat. Like he was living his best life. The night times were brutal and brutal for me. Milo was having a hell of a time, okay? He was not bothered in the least. It was me that suffered. And I mean, I shouldn't even complain that much because it could have been way worse. It's not like I was up all night. I think the first night he finally went to bed around 11.30 or midnight. And then the second night he went to bed around 11. So, I mean, it's not like I was up all night, but it was just so frustrating because I thought he would be exhausted by like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., the latest. And so I was expecting him to fall asleep, but he was like wired and ready to party. So I didn't get any evenings to just like chill, have a glass of wine because I was laying with him because I didn't know what to do. Like we were staying in a bedroom together at my mamera's place and I was like, he's never been here before at this age so he's not going to remember it I don't want to just like leave him in a room by himself I thought he would be scared and he didn't even want to go in the room because we were all in the living room 
So eventually, like, I had my mamere and my grandpa pretend to go to sleep and go to their room and turn off all the lights, and he still wasn't having it. And he was, like, losing his mind. Finally, we just stayed up with him for a while. I was like, screw it. Like, we're at camp. Like, do whatever you want to do. And then brought him into bed. He was watching Blippi. And then eventually he passed out, like, just before midnight on the first night. So... Second night, I was like, okay, he was up super late. He woke up at his regular time. He didn't nap today. He's been doing so many things outside, like nonstop. He is going to literally pass out at 6 p.m. Like, that's what I was expecting. Well, don't ever expect that, okay? Because it's going to be the opposite. So I brought him into the house at... 8 p.m. I think we had a nice dinner outside and I was like okay he is going to pass out so I brought him to bed had all the lights off laying with him watching Blippi and he I was like any minute now he's gonna fall asleep any minute he's gonna fall asleep I'm just gonna wait he now it's 10 30 and he's still just up like you know bopping around in bed And he starts to like kick the walls and like jump on me. And I was like, oh my God, because I was expecting him to pass out at 8 p.m. And now it's 1030 and he's like causing a ruckus and being a butt. So I'm rage texting my husband and I kept telling Milo it was one of those situations where like he keeps like hitting you, kicking you, like rolling on me. And I'm like, Milo, stop, like stop. And I was tired at this point, like I wanted to go to bed. So finally, I storm out of the room and because he wasn't stopping, like hitting me, kicking me and I'm like, I'm going to leave. And then so finally I left, whip open the door, like storm down the hallway. My grandpa's in his room like they were still awake and he's looking at me and I'm storming down the hallway and I'm like, I am going to fucking lose my mind. Like I'm going to lose my mind. And I go in the bathroom, close the door (laughs) and then my mamere like slowly walks out of her bedroom like she told me this the next day she like creeps out of the bedroom like tries to get Milo to go into her room with her because she knew that I was gonna lose my mind literally and so I come out of the bathroom and she's like don't worry like we're gonna we're gonna take Milo like we're watching tv and we'll stay up with him like go lay down and if he falls asleep we'll bring him to your room and I'm like okay whatever like I at this point I was like whatever So I go in my room, rage texting my husband and Milo gets into bed with my mamere and grandpa and he's watching the Westminster dog show that was on TV, which like he probably loved that. My grandpa goes and gets him a plate of blueberries and they're just chilling. And then my mamere said after like 15 minutes, she said something to Milo like, oh, look at the doggy that won. And he was passed out. So they kept him in their bed all night. It's a king size bed, but there's my mamere, my grandpa, and then two dogs and Milo sleeping in bed. So he slept there all night, didn't move. So I don't know if he just can't fall asleep with me, but I remember asking a few weeks ago what people do when they travel with their toddlers because at home, his environment to sleep is so controlled. Like he can't leave the room. There's nothing he can get into. The windows are blacked out. He just has like his bed and his toys and his books. So when you go to someone else's place 
the routine, like his environment is now completely changed. He's not aware of his surroundings. Like he's never, like he's not comfortable there, you know? So I don't know what people do in these situations because I know a lot of people probably go and lay down with their kids until they fall asleep, but Milo does not do that. Like he thinks it's party time if me or my husband are with him, unless he's really sick, then he'll fall asleep with us. So this is my like debacle. And I'm like, what if we go somewhere and stay in a hotel? Like what, what are we going to do with Milo? Like, I just don't understand how people travel with toddlers for the sleeping situation. Everything else was great, which is, you know, great. I mean, could have been way worse. So I'm not really complaining, but what do people do for sleep? Okay, so this past week on Instagram, I put up a post, I put up a story because I wanted to get your guys, you know, stories or tips and tricks for traveling alone with kids. This is crazy. My friend, Sarah, she commented on my post saying, She has been stuck in traffic on the 400 in Barrie, which is like a major highway. And her son got car sick and started choking on his vomit. She had to get out of the car, get him out of his seat, pound on his back. Oh my God, that is terrifying. And she said traffic started moving, cars were honking. Then this construction worker came running over and grabbed her son so that she could clean the seat and get him water that fell onto the highway. Oh my God, this is so crazy. And then the construction worker was yelling at the cars to wait and stop honking. Oh my gosh. And then the construction worker who was helping her drove her through the closed off lanes so she could get around all the traffic. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love that story. Like what a terrifying situation. I feel like my whole body would be... Like, you know, after something like that dramatic happens, you just feel like jello and like super anxious. That must have been really hard to drive after that happening. Um, A lot of people are saying they pack a ton of snacks and obviously make sure tablets are charged up. That is a lifesaver. Another tip that a lot of people have said for traveling with kids is to buy things or get things that they aren't familiar with so that it's like a new toy, new books, new coloring stuff so that they're more into it and distracted. That was a great tip for when we flew with Milo when he was a lot younger to Vancouver. That's what we did. We had a bunch of stuff like to show him and play with him that he had never seen before that we saved just for the air ride the the air ride the freaking flight and yeah someone says to get them their own little suitcase and fill it with books toys tablets snacks all that stuff for the actual flight when you're flying with them and that is what we did for sure and like i said before i used to be the overpacker like On a flight in my carry-on, I had everything you could ever imagine. I used to love flying because it was like, oh yeah, like got my book, got my my iPad, gonna watch this, do this. Now I literally have nothing. I'm lucky if I have like half a bottle of warm water for myself, but Milo has absolutely everything that he could ever dream of. So that's special. I love this tip and I have an episode. I'm gonna look at what episode it is. I did, after my first trip with Milo to the property, which is, that's what I call my parents' 
place in the woods. I don't know what to call it. Um, but yeah, after my first time with him there, I recorded an episode. This was last summer about how it's not really that fun, like vacation or going away, going on a trip, like going to a cottage is not relaxing when you have kids. Like it's just a totally different experience and it's actually more stressful than just being at home because now you're in an environment that is not baby proofed or toddler proofed. There's more, you know, things that they can get hurt on. There's usually water involved. Like it's not relaxing at all. Sleep times are a mess. So yeah, it is episode seven and it's called Why Taking Your Child on a Vacation or on a Holiday is Exhausting. So you can check that one out. So yeah, someone on here said their tip is to lower your expectations, knowing that it won't be a relaxing um, and day drinking kind of trip, which is accurate. Someone else said to plan out where you're going to stop if you're in a car. That is something I did not do, but it ended up working out anyways because he peed on the side of the road. And to my surprise, he told me when he had to pee, which was nice. Travel potties are a good idea. We had his actual potty in the back of the car just in case he didn't want to pee standing up. And I'm assuming for little girls, it's probably easier just to bring the potty if they have to go on the side of the road. I want to jump back to the expectations thing because I think naturally just as humans, when we have a trip planned or a holiday We have all these expectations about what it's going to be and we're excited for it and, you know, we want it because oftentimes it costs a lot of money and it's you take time off work or whatever it is. You want it to be this awesome experience, especially for your kids. And so I think then when things don't go exactly as planned or you have difficult moments, it can kind of affect you more so than if you just had a difficult moment at home because you had these expectations of what this trip was going to be like. So I think just managing your expectations and not kind of building up the trip in your mind before you go and just kind of going with the flow is a really good idea. Like for example... If you're going somewhere and you have this big, you know, vision in your mind of going to this like waterside restaurant and having, you know, a glass of wine on a patio and your child's sitting there and, you know, coloring on their their coloring book or whatever it is. And then that doesn't end up happening because before you could leave the hotel, they had a big meltdown and you had to cancel your reservation. Like you can't have plans like that with kids you have to just go with the flow and you know you can make plans but just don't expect everything to go as planned or expect to be able to do everything that you want to do because kids are you know unpredictable someone mentioned when they were taking off on a flight their son puked all over his clothes and she had forgotten his extra clothes and a plastic bag. So the flight attendant found a bag for the clothes and made a bag for the clothes and she made a poncho out of an emergency blanket (laughs) and a trash bag drawstring for him. Oh my God. Oh, this is too funny. It's kind of like everything else, like these situations are all temporary 
And you have to think to yourself, like, what's the worst that can happen? And that's what I used to do before presentations in grad school. I'd be like, okay, Renee, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to puke all over the front of the class and then people are going to feel bad for you and you go home and watch reality TV. Like, what is the worst that can happen? And you know, that's kind of one of the worst case scenarios. Your child pukes all over themselves. But look, now it's a hilarious story and they got through the flight. They went wherever they were going and, you know, it eventually ends. Okay, I am going to pause here. I wanted to mention that I have a really good blog post about packing for a flight with a baby. When we flew to Vancouver, I made a list of all the items that I packed for the carry-on and it's super detailed. So I'm going to post that on Instagram. So watch out for that. Um, yeah, it. I tell you like my stroller that, I, that we have that I loved having for the airport. It is the Baby Zen Yo-Yo. That's the green stroller that you might see us using in my stories. It is phenomenal to travel through airports with. Um, but yeah, so I will post that. Check out my post on Instagram. Read everybody's comments. I swear to God, everyone's just like snacks and iPads. But there's some funny stories in there as well. Coming up next is just a short little conversation that I had with my mom because I wanted to ask her about her experience traveling with my brother when he was six months old. They flew all the way from Toronto to New Caledonia, which is like, I'm pretty sure a 24-hour ordeal with layovers and whatnot. So welcome to my mom. Her name is Sue. Okay, so basically I just wanted you to tell your story about traveling with Jesse. And when I was thinking about it today, I was wondering why you even went to New... And it was New Caledonia, right? Yeah. Okay, why? Okay, just a minute. Dad just walked in the door. Of course he did. Tell him that we're podcasting. Rand. I'm doing a podcast with Renee, so be so quiet. Be quiet. Like right now, I'm on right now. Okay, so anyways, so why did you go in the first place? Well, I, I went to New Caledonia because my parents were living there, and they left before my baby was born, like before Jesse was born. Okay. So they had never seen him. Like I was three months pregnant when they left. Okay, and dad was working out of town? Uh, he was on a, uh, every weekend he would come home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you so went by was, yourself. How long was the trip? Like, I how wasn't long by were myself. You going? I, I, I actually wasn't by myself. I, I was with also my grandfather, like oh, my 80 yeah. year old grandfather. <laughs> so it was like I was taking care of a baby and an elderly person. <laughs> oh my god okay what the hell okay so it it basically and and to start off the trip like we were just newly married and like flat broke and dad was upset because I was even going because we really didn't have the money but I was just adamant at like 22 that I wanted my parents to see the baby yeah. So that's uh, all I was focused on was going to go there. And then my grandfather said, well, he'll help pay for my ticket if, and he'll come with me. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. Oh my God. First of all, like 22, like I can't even. I know. Like what was I doing when I was 22? I was at Laurentian. Yeah. 
like not even considering having a child, which is crazy. Anyways, so Jesse was six months old when you left. Yes. And did you drive from Sudbury to Toronto? Um, no, we flew from Toronto and then we flew to Los Angeles with a 12 hour layover with a bit. So we had to leave the airport. I couldn't stay in the airport with the, with the baby and my grandfather. So we left the airport and had a hotel room Mm -hmm. and it was a day layover. Like it wasn't even overnight, you know? So we had to um, go back to the airport like for eight or nine o'clock at night to fly out. So you were we, trying to sleep and like have Jesse nap in the hotel room and stuff? Yes, with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's yeah. just a nightmare. Okay, so. so. So that was just that leg of the trip. So then from there, we flew from Los Angeles to um, Tahiti. And we landed in Tahiti at uh, like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And they wanted us to get off the plane, go to the hotel, and we'd leave again at five in the morning. So we did that. Had no cribs, no nothing like that, you know, in Tahiti. So we just like pushed a bed up against the wall and obviously didn't. I didn't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then and so from there. Jesse was six months when you left because the thing was obviously he didn't have his own seat. So he was, you were holding him the whole time. I actually did hold him. And I, what stands out in my mind is from Toronto to Los Angeles, I was starving because everybody ate. But because I was holding my baby, like they never offered to take the baby or so I could eat. So eventually my grandfather finished eating and I gave him the baby so I could like scarf down like something that would sustain me until we got to Los Angeles. Okay. And he was, so they didn't have those little beds that they have for kids now or did they? They did for the, for the trans, like for over the ocean. Like, so when we left Los Angeles to go, to Tahiti and then from Tahiti we went to Australia then Australia to New Caledonia but they so those flights they did but Jesse was nine pounds two ounces when he was born so he did not fit in that little bed that hangs on the top there like a little hammock he didn't fit in that so we had to make a little bed on the floor between my legs like on the floor oh my god And oh it wasn't too bad going there because he, he didn't crawl or anything, but he learned to crawl in New Caledonia. Yeah. So coming back was a nightmare. So how long were you there for? A month. Okay. And he learned to crawl. And then, so on your way back. That's... So, But first I have to say that like that, the whole trip was a nightmare because when I was there in strange little country with like we lived in an almost like a military like an old military base like there really was nothing there we had to drive an hour and a half from where we landed mm-hmm. to the little town where my parents lived you know it was like at the other end of the island 
the whole island was an, about a hundred miles. So, so we, we had to drive there. So while I was there, I think I had been there four or five days. Uh, one of the gentlemen that worked with my dad died, he drowned. And so my mother left to accompany her and his body back to Canada. So she left and I was oh. there with my grandfather and my dad. And then my dad had a mining accident and got gassed and he ended up in Australia. So I was there by myself with my grandfather and a six month old baby. In a strange place. In a strange place. Not to mention that traveling with a baby, like you have different formulas, different yeah. like things. So food. food, everything. Even I remember uh, buying a jar of baby food and you know, it was let's say peas and something and feeding it to Jesse. And then I had a taste of it and it was so spicy. <laughs> like it just was totally different from what we were used to. Mm -hmm. But I can say that I don't know why, I just never ever thought of anything. Like at that age, like I didn't think about like the formulas being different, uh, nothing it's just like pack a little bag and off we go <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, literally like even while we were there like like i didn't think about like what he was gonna sleep in or anything yeah, and see like i can't even fly to vancouver without being like like do we have to rent a car seat like what exactly is he gonna sleep in what exactly is he gonna eat like exactly exactly everything and need absolutely everything like i know and i would probably be the same way now yeah but back then i totally did not think of any of that stuff medications um you know nothing crazy so okay there for a month jesse learns to crawl which as soon as a baby learns to crawl it's a freaking nightmare because that's all they want to do like mm -hmm. it's hard to be at home with them in an open space let alone like a cramped airplane for that long yes and it was a 24-hour flight so yeah so okay so you tried to do the same thing with the bed on the floor i'm assuming yes and I remember doing that. He was sleeping, I was sleeping, and uh, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, do you have a little baby? And I said, <laughs> yes, I do. He had crawled under all the seats to the back <laughs> of the plane. Like, can you imagine how filthy the floor is? Everything, like, yeah, yes, I do. So we had to go and to the back of the plane and go get Jesse, because he had crawled under all the seats. <laughs> <laughs> like that is like too much and so were you so happy to get home I don't even remember that part I uh, one thing that also stands out in my mind because of all these changes and formulas and milk like the stewardesses would make a bottle for me and like I didn't bring formula I didn't do any of that like that's crazy because you, you just assume well that like I don't know, like I just never thought of it. So, you know, they'd make them a bottle of milk. And so I remember- Like cow's milk? No, maybe it was their baby formulas. Like they had baby formulas, like, like Similac and stuff. But 
you'd think it would be a generic thing, but I don't think it is like from country to country, there's probably little tweaks or. Yeah. Even, but even among brands, like we could not just give Milo any formula. He would like have gas and diarrhea and. Well, that's the story I was going to tell. So I hear the, you know, we're fastening our seatbelts. We're landing in New Caledonia. I'm so excited. Like my parents are going to see their grand first grandson, you know, for the first time. And throughout the landing, Jesse has a major bout of diarrhea, like <laughs> major, like running, you know, the type that, you know, like running down the legs and it reeked. Like people were looking at me. It was, I couldn't do anything. I, I was taking blankets and stuff out of my bag just to wipe the crap off his legs. Like it was just running everywhere. So I literally <laughs> stripped him on the plane, took all his clothes off, his diaper, put a diaper on him, like all on my lap, and then just put everything in a garbage can at the bottom of when we came down the stairs from the plane. I just threw everything in a garbage can and just kept on going. And so my parents, oh, this new baby, you know, and he smelt like a <laughs> pile of crap. <laughs> it was awful. Did you guys have baby wipes back then? No. Like, what the fuck? Like how? No. no, I think I had a wet face cloth. Like I, I had got the stewardess to wet a face cloth for me or something. But like yeah. a massive diary. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. the whole thing, the whole trip, like really, like was a nightmare. So one night, I was there by myself. No, no, I think my mom was still there. And so we were going to go for a night out to this place called La Grotte. And it was like a cave, really. It was a little nightclub, you know. So just for something to do, my mom said, we'll go with some friends. And so my grandfather stayed home. He was there and we got a babysitter, you know, that was uh, her cleaning lady's daughter or something and to come and sit at the house so but little did we know that like they didn't have ac in their houses so like when she was there and babysitting jesse like the ac knocked her out like she was like sleeping like a rock so while we were gone the power went out at the nightclub so we said oh geez like we better go home like you know like people are going to be like she's gonna be worried she's there by herself with the grandfather and no power so so we go home and we can't find jesse so the crib was empty and i started to have a panic attack like i thought he had been kidnapped (laughs) what oh yeah like i'm crying walking through the house and um, turns out that the babysitter was like knocked right out because of the AC. She was just so deep into sleep. And my grandfather heard Jesse crying. So he went and got him out of his crib and brought him into bed with him. So that's where Jesse was. So, but it was a traumatic five minutes just trying to find him. I can tell you that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, but I think what stands out in my mind, because when I listen to some of your podcasts, you know, about, you know, packing up and coming up north with Milo and stuff, like I, I don't even know 
what kind of prepping I did for this trip. Like, I really don't even think I thought of it. Uh, what blows my mind is like, you didn't have tablets, you didn't have like wet wipes, you didn't Nothing. have anything. That I is know. shocking. I know. Little like and snacks that are like easy for kids, like all these different things that they have now. I know. Yeah. I know. I just, I don't even remember those details of the trip. Like I really don't remember any of that. I just yeah. know that it was in the air, it was 24 hours. And that wasn't including all the layovers. Like I think it took me almost three days to get there at that yeah. time. Oh my God, nightmare. I can't. Like even just that alone as an adult, that travel would kill me. Oh, it's a huge trip. Yeah, even for me, like I've, I've done many of those trips over the years. And I think, how the hell did I do that? No. And not no. to mention my grandfather. When you land in Australia, Australia is like very strict. Like they have the, the, the announcements, you know, you can't bring any food or anything. Mm. Like they're very strict. And my grandfather was like, like a little kleptomaniac. So every meal that they served us on the plane, any leftover crackers, apples, like he'd throw them in his bag and he had cutlery. And like, so I was like having a panic attack because I wanted to go through his pockets and everything to make sure that he hadn't taken any of that stuff because it was a really big fine, like $10,000 or something. And they're, oh, geez. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I hope this story <laughs> doesn't discourage you guys from traveling. <laughs> it shouldn't. It should, it should make you realize that you really don't need much. No, 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 no. <laughs> you no. just pick up your baby. You don't even need sure formula. You don't need food. You don't just leave your <laughs> breast milk at home. Everything's fine. <laughs> but and you will survive and so will your baby yes just barely <laughs> okay well thanks for coming on and chatting this is just going to be the end of the episode so thanks everybody for listening and we'll have my mom back on soon okay okay bye <laughs>